Come on in, guys. Welcome back to Talking Llama, episode four of Survivor 41. Matt Hambage here, not with Jared. He is out of town, so we called in the reserves this week. A good buddy, Chris Kuna, is here. And if you've listened to my other Gnome Boys podcast, you know that recognize him from our draft episodes. Uh, so good to have him join us for the Survivor side of things. Chris, thanks for jumping in here for us. It's a good episode to, to be joining you here, Matt. Really good yes. Work. Yes, I uh, will get into some general thoughts of yours on the season as a whole here uh, to maybe to start. But I do think this was for me, it was the strongest episode of the season. And I don't think it was all that close. And I I know exactly what it was. And assuming you're a returning listener, you probably know what the big difference was. But we'll get into the uh, the lack of advantages this week, which was a welcome change. Um, but episode four, they hate me because they ain't me. Now, Chris, do you look at the titles before the episodes air? I'm, I'm chuckling to myself because I wrote down in my notes, they hate me because they ain't me from our good friend, Sydney. I had no idea that was what the episode was called. Okay. Because um, one thing I, I like to just look at the quote and see if I can kind of figure out who said it. Usually it's something very innocuous. So like last week was my million dollar mistake could be literally anybody on the tribe this week. They hate me because they ain't me would have been the the blind side of the century. If it was anybody, but Sydney, like if you're, if you're betting on this, it'd be like, it'd be like minus a billion. That was going to be Sydney. Do they always name the episodes after something someone has said? Is that pretty common? I don't know that I can say with confidence that it's always, but recently, at least the vast majority of the okay. time they do. Um, but yeah, this, this one looked at it. Oh, there's my girl, Sydney. She's getting some airtime, at least for this one confessional. That's for sure. Her um, love to see that. So I'll oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I might, I might start playing that game with my, with that you play and look, looking at it beforehand, trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely a very Sydney thing to say. Oh, yeah. 100%. If I ever got on Survivor, I think a goal would be to name as many of the episodes as I possibly could. <laughs> oh, man. That as long as you're not getting too distracted. Right. No, but if you're in your confessionals thinking of, of goofy, witty things to say, I mean, Sydney is just a quote machine. I don't know that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, I should say, if she gets an, another couple episodes to her name here. All right, but just uh, before we get into t- uh, this week's episode, uh, since we, this is your first time here this season, what are your, I guess, now through this week or up to this week, what, do you, what are your thoughts are on the season, the cast, the abundance of twists? What are you thinking so far? Yeah, you know, um, I've listened to all the episodes so far that you and Jared have done, and I, I more or less completely agree with what you guys have said. Um, it, it was funny listening to all of them back to back where you guys were really optimistic and kind of happy in the first episode. And then it kind of went downhill from there, but, but yeah, I totally agree. Uh, way too many twists. I think, man, it, it, this episode just felt way different than the first three. This, this felt like a normal survivor episode to me. Um, something, something interesting. I think that like I've heard you guys both say, that I've been thinking about is, is you guys keep talking about how like the cast is good and that may save the season. And, and so far I I haven't been sure about it myself because I feel like we haven't had that much time with the cast to actually get to see them interact with each other. And, and they've just been doing all the twists all the time and that's taken all their time. And, and I feel good about the cast after this episode. I feel like we got a lot of time, good quality time with a lot of the characters. And I feel like we've gotten to know people from all the tribes at this point a little bit. And, and, and I feel good about the cast. They're, they seem like a fun and entertaining cast. So, Yep, I, I'd agree there. And I think this episode was definitely had that kind of at the forefront. This was definitely the, the funniest episode 
mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. Um, some was laughing with people struggling, nothing personal. Just it's just always it's just always fun. Um, you know, one of my favorite challenges is when you like the blindfolded challenge and just seeing walk, people walk into hard objects like that'll get me every single time. Um, some great quotes, we, like we mentioned with Sydney, Shannon, some great moments. Um, there were, and then when we'll get to the immunity challenge, the way they handled that was spectacular. That was, that was awesome. Um, so not to get ahead of ourselves, but that was, that was super fun. So a lot of good things just, I guess, in general, um, about the, about this episode. And I guess lastly on what's happened, happened so far, since there were no advantages introduced or found this week, what are your thoughts? What do you think of the, of what they've done so far with the various beware advantages with the idol naming it to two different things of the same name, just kind of general thoughts there. It it's too much. It's, it's too much. Yeah. The, the honestly, last week I was, I was having a hard time keeping track of everything. And you oh, you're not alone there. That. And like, there are so many different little rules for all the advantages. And, and yeah, with when the second beware advantage was found, I was really confused. I was, I was wondering what's going on here. And, and I mean, it, it probably all, the rules all probably make sense, but we don't have a lot of time to really kind of like know all the rules as the viewers and, and we don't see all of that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot. And I mean, they, I think they have maybe some good ideas on paper and, and it just hasn't, it hasn't worked out very well. Um, I was kind of laughing to myself the whole episode, like, Oh, are we just going to completely forget about the phrases <laughs> deal? Like Brad is gone. Are, are we, is this going to be addressed at all? Or are we just going to, maybe we'll just pretend like it didn't happen and <laughs> they will, they'll go over to Luvu and they'll, or not Luvu, they'll go tell, um, Xander on on Ua, or no, sorry, and Yase. There we go. That hey, the other guy got voted out. You're just off the hook. Here's here's another. <laughs> or we're gonna need that back, and we're just we're gonna we're gonna try again here. But it the previews for the next episode looks like it's still in in play, and I, I don't know what they're gonna do with it. Yeah. But well, it was- that that's what the general consensus thought was is that Brad's beware advantage with the idol just gets rehidden. And it looks like that's what Genie finds next week. Um, but I'm guessing, jumping a little bit for that immunity challenge, I'm guessing Xander, like he did last week, he's now going to wait for the other phrases to be said. Um, so when when neither of them get said, you know, he knows that if they lose, he has no vote and that he doesn't need to. I mean, because saying it three times is going to be sketchy enough as it is. And that's the minimum he's got to say it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if he says it now with no response, then next week with no response or only one of the two, all he's doing is making it more and more obvious if it's not already. Uh, so I, I doubt it'll come into play again until another beware advantage comes into play. For sure. It, it feels like Xander could go like a week or longer with, with not having a vote at this point. Um, I, I wonder what production is doing to maybe try to get these advantages more noticeable maybe they'd like re-hide it over at uh luvu to make someone find it um i don't know it feels crazy that he could go for so long without a vote Uh, well the, the thing with him is that in his position his vote and he has an extra vote too right yeah that but i know he can't that it. it may not even make a difference to him i mean he'll he'd have the idol which would which which would be in the saving yeah, grace but yeah, but in, just in terms of pure numbers he's probably down three one yeah, so even, sure. even with his extra vote if they can talk him into not using his idol it's useless it's the same effect as him not having a vote um but again the idol is going to be the key there but if he makes it to the merge then i mean he doesn't get the idol but he gets his vote back at least with True. with his extra vote then um but let's jump into into this week's episode um as we've said a little bit here a little different different tone different route they took with with no new advantages and we jump in quick um at ua after tribal genie's very upset and she was blindsided as well on the brad vote she thought it was going jd and jared and i've been thinking that genie was 
kind of very much on the outs of Ua. And I think this just cemented that. Absolutely. She, I, I was taking some notes. She, she needs to, I wrote down, she needs to chill out. Anything can happen. Anything can happen from day to day. And, and like, I know you weren't, you weren't in on that boat, but if you can kind of stay calm and regroup and talk to some people, I mean, there's only four people. All she needs to do is convince one other person to kind of side with her and, and, and she's right back in it. Um, I, I've been, I enjoyed watching Jeannie. She was very entertaining as she was freaking out the whole episode and, and very emotional. Um, but, uh, but, but also as I was watching and I put all 10 of my fantasy survivor votes on Jeannie to get voted out this week, I was very happy. And then, and then not happy. Later. I put, I put one on JD. Okay. I, I, I had nine on, on Jeannie, one on JD. Didn't want to get shut out. Smart, smart man. But then what comes up next is, I think, a little more interesting. So Shan is talking to Jeannie, telling her about the advantages Brad had that that she doesn't think he told Jeannie about. And that's why they wanted to vote Brad out and that Brad wasn't as close to Jeannie as Jeannie thought. And then this kind of triggers the alarms for JD a little bit because that's Shan was holding information withholding information from jd which is what she got upset with him about that same week now i view it a little differently because i i think brad was much closer to shan than shan was to brad yeah for sure for sure so that was more of a one-way street relationship whereas mm-hmm. with shan and jd that was definitely more of a mutual two-way street relationship and that's why she was more upset with jd or these feigned being more upset with him that he didn't reveal to her his stuff. But mm-hmm. I think he has a point that, sure. and Shan weathered it very well, That, but he does have a point that the thing that she was doing for Brad is what she got pissed off at JD for, the exact thing that she got pissed off at JD for. Absolutely. I, you know, I don't want to get too ahead of myself because I have a lot of Shan thoughts. Um, <laughs> I think, I think Shan is undoubtedly the the star of the show right now of, of the episode so far. She is, she's running things. She's very entertaining. She's coming up with good plans. She's getting a lot of airtime and, and I love watching it, but this was the first episode that I was getting a little worried for her. Like it almost felt like she was going a little too hard. And like when she did, when Jeannie was upset right away, when they they got back from tribal and Shane was kind of calling just like hey we're gonna squash this right now and she she told all that yeah it, it kind of pissed off jd and i don't know it, it, to me it almost put her in a spot that was like like it's very obvious that she is running things she is the top top of the chain here at at um ua and and maybe the lower people should start to think about something start to think about like why do why am i just doing everything she says why jd why are you so inclined to give her your advantage like if you really wanted to jd and i'm getting way ahead of myself you could have teamed up with the very vulnerable genie this episode and be like you know what i'm sick of shan telling me what to do let's throw this vote on her we'll go three two over shan's gone could it could have been so easy in that conversation with genie like like I love JD. He was super entertaining. I don't think he's the sharpest survivor player. A lot of fun, but I don't know. I think he definitely knows the game, but then putting it into practice. And again, who knows how overwhelmed you feel when you're out there on the island? We have no idea. But um, he, I don't think he was able to kind of condense the knowledge he has, which is quite a bit, into... Mm-hmm effective gameplay and he even realized that at tribal he said now i'm not playing anywhere close to the game i thought i was gonna play so he even he even recognized that he was doing things different than he had planned um but yeah we'll we'll get to the um we'll, we'll still kind of run through things chronologically for the most yeah. part but the there was definitely a missed opportunity on on genie and jd's point for sure um and then we get the the first reward challenge of the season which probes did acknowledge as the first of the season okay what they'll do sometimes is they'll do the rewards but they ne- won't necessarily air them during the episode um, but we did hear probes at one point say first of the season now you had a 
little technical problem um, on Paramount watching this, but you you got the the general idea of what happened, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I saw the beginning of it, and I I saw Heather struggling immensely uh, in the first part of the challenge, and it kind of cut back in after the challenge, and I realized that Heather had not been able to do that first part the entire time. Um, and it looked like a fun challenge, and and I I'm I'm sad I missed maybe some fun Jeff roasting Heather, or I don't know if he was supporting her or what was happening. A little, little of both. I think there, there, there was one good line where he said something like, oh, Heather, no chance at getting that one. Nice, nice. Um, but yeah, so the, so the challenge was, I actually liked the challenge a lot. Um, I think we saw for the first time, or, or this first leg of it, <clears throat> excuse me, this first leg of it in the most recent Australian Survivor, um, where they throw, one at a time, you throw a ball up onto a little um, shoot and then race through a mini obstacle course. You got to catch it before it hits the ground. And then, um, what were they digging? I didn't, I didn't catch what they were digging. For. I think they were digging to get the balls under the log. Oh, okay. I think, I think they had to get like transport them under the log. Gotcha. Okay. That makes said. sense. And then they had to throw the balls up on top of a rack first mm-hmm. two, was it five or four? I guess I think it was, um, yep. wins. And that was it. Ua and Yasa won, got first and second pretty handily. I mean, again, Deshaun got through the as the as the first one for Luvu pretty easily, and then Heather just struggled. And it's it's definitely a shame that her because I mean, we haven't seen basically anything of Heather. I mean, part of it is Luvu has been winning all the time, right. so we don't get any of the tribe dynamics after after tribal or before tribal council because they haven't had that. And then she sits out of every single challenge. And with Jeff specifically mentioning whoever sits out of this challenge has to be in the immunity challenge, pretty much a foregone conclusion then that Heather would participate here. Although had Daniel Deshaun had known what was gonna happen later, they might have pushed for Heather to sit right. out Heather, here to, Heather might have been to play what again to make yeah. their plans happen later. Yep, that was a that was a great moment. Um but so Ua wins a visit from a, a local Fijian who's going to show them how to live off the land, how to get the most out of the, out of their beach camp life as they can. And this is a, this is a reward we've seen before. Um, and I think it fits really well with the, I guess, theme of the season of making things more difficult and having to just kind of use what you have around you to, to get by. And when he was climbing that tree and then just, Flips up and down, just hangs by his legs, face down. That was incredible. That, that was awesome. That was awesome. That was so impressive what he was able to do. And it makes sense living in living in that in the jungle in that area for his entire life. But that was that was so cool. It was very impressive. Uh I something tells me he didn't quite teach them how to climb the trees themselves, but it was fun to watch him go up it. And, I just uh, hope he teaches them how to crack a coconut with his bare hand. That was did you see that? That uh, was yeah. nuts. That's that's to be the first medevac. Someone tries to do that and just breaks their like entire hand. Perhaps that was Perhaps. incredible. Um, and then and then Yasa in second just wins a single fish, classic, big step down for second reward. But that's that's how it goes. Um, again, really only there was a few kind of driving stories here. One was was Heather and her struggles, and then it was kind of cool to see how everyone, even the other tribes, supported her. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's easy for them to do it because they both won something, but, but Danny, um, was, was quick to get over there and just support her. And I'm sure she felt a lot of pressure, not having done anything challenge wise. And this mm-hmm. is her first showing kind of proving them right for sitting her out to every single challenge that so many emotions have to be running through your head at that point of if this is going to get me voted out, they can't count me for challenges. You kind of embarrass yourself. You might think. But um, it, it was it was cool to see how, how supportive everybody was for sure. It you know, I was thinking about that. It feels like for the most part, this cast is extremely likable. Like there's mm-hmm. not it's hard to even pick out who would be like a villain whatsoever. Like no one is like nasty. Everyone's like very kind to each other. I mean, like there, there's a few people I could see kind of going at it a little bit later, but. But, uh, I mean, I think Sydney by default is kind yeah. of the villain. Yeah, and, and, and but like, I but she, I think I think she comes off rough when you first meet her, right? 
because she seems close with Deshaun and Danny. So they clearly get along with her to a degree, at least. Yeah. But like when she met Tiffany a couple weeks ago, they clashed right away. Um, but but again, she's really done anything devious, really. Yeah, I think yeah. she's just kind of the de facto like placeholder, it seems like. But so we'll see what happens. Nothing that it needs a villain. I mean, you think of like Millennials versus Gen X, a mm-hmm. similar cast that just got a, got along really well. Yep. Loved the game, great attitude. There was, there was no real villain that season either. And that, was, that was a really good cast, good season. Right. You know, it's it's totally fine. Um, we don't need like unlikable villains. Um, and, and I feel like people have shown they're going to be doing like good people are going to do sneaky and traitorous things this season that are fun to watch. And we'll get more into that later. But yep. um, but yeah, so it's it's not a problem. It's just something something worth noting. Yep. And then not much to report from Yasa. You know, they enjoy their fish. They're in high spirits. We did get Evie, another fun moment, kind of narrating or end the whole tribe. But she kind of started it, the, the whole previously on segment. And it, it kind of stuck with the theme of the flashbacks to like two minutes before, which, which is a little little corny when they kind of overuse that. But one thing I like, do you did you even notice that they skipped the previously on segments start the episodes i was actually like waiting to hear it and and that was kind of cool i i like i kind of like that um the production side of things there with the narration over what Evie was saying i I thought it was cool one thing that i saw a couple points made about this um which i completely agree with one one i realized one i didn't even consider which seems kind of obvious now thinking about it dalton ross it is recap up right away um the previously on's one it cuts into the airtime of the episode and Ooh. it seems obvious, but I never even considered that factor. And when you're hearing more and more about people wanting longer episodes, anything they can, they can get out of the hour slot they have is going to be helpful. And then the other thing, which a lot of people have mentioned seasons past is that it kind of tips their hand at what's to come based on what they show in the previously on, you know, if, especially if it's, episode 10 and they reference something from three weeks earlier mm-hmm. you know it's going to make make an impact one way or another so it kind of leaves you in the dark a little bit more going into the the new episode yeah i, I like it I, I hope they stick with it the more airtime we get for new things and just more character moments the better okay and then moving on to luvu this is where we finally get some insight into their camp life which we really haven't gotten much of so mm-hmm. far just that Sydney wants Nasir out is kind of the thing we've gone before. So as can happen when, when a tribe just wins, some of the players will start getting antsy a little bit. They want to start quote unquote playing the game. Mm-hmm. And, and Erica is that person on, on Luvu. She, you know, they won every immunity. They haven't had to go to tribal. As she said, they don't even have a torch yet. And, and I definitely get that sentiment. I personally would be thrilled to never go to tribal council. Like you never know what's going to happen there. Um, I mean, you look at Jared and I referenced this last week, th- looking ahead to this week's episode, uh, Drew Christie in San Juan del Sur. He threw a challenge to vote somebody out and then he ended up going home. Like you just never know what's going to happen, especially with advantages and idols and, and people are getting more and more devious each season, you know, early on, you know, first 10, 15, maybe even 20 seasons or so, it maybe is a more feasible strategy because your alliances are more set in stone possibly. And there aren't as many things to throw the game off, especially pre idols. You know, the first 10 seasons there with no idols, you go to tribal. There's not much that person can do at, at the, at the last minute. Um, But so Erica, she's kind of clashing with Sydney, at least in her mind, Sydney's attitude. She has some maybe emotional or reflexive responses to things. They show us, her trying to light the fire, can't get the flint going, just kind of walks away in disgust. Okay. Not, not the best example to support Erica, I wouldn't say. You, you kind of get the idea, but it, yeah. that wouldn't be anything. I mean, at that point, maybe you're just kind of nitpicking or when you're on an island so close, living so close together, that is what could get to you. But it wasn't that big of a deal, I didn't think. And and so she approaches Deshaun about potentially voting out Sydney. Deshaun, of course, as you always do, says the right things. But then, as we've seen, Deshaun is pretty close to Sydney, and right and goes right right to Sydney to tell her. Um, now, this is an example. Why throw out a name before you need to throw out a name? For sure, absolutely. Um, you know, I 
everything that happened at Luvu, I, I loved. Like, as you were oh, saying, it was great. I, it, it was some of my favorite moments of the whole show so far, but we've been starved for Luvu time because they keep winning. Um, and, and yeah, we, it's our first kind of introduction to what Erica's all about. And at, at first I was kind of like, oh, you know, like she seems to know what she's talking about a little bit. And then as things progressed, um, I was like, uh, I'm, I'm with you. Like, don't throw out that name until, until you have to. And, and I think, I think she's probably right about Sydney where like, like, I mean, she spent several days now with Sydney and, and they just showed us one little clip, but I feel mm -hmm. like you made a pretty good read on Sydney. Um, but, but where I think she really messed up is like not reading the tribe dynamics well enough with, with Deshaun and Danny and, um, and, uh, and oh my gosh, Sydney, Sydney, <laughs> I, I didn't write Sydney's name down here. Um, yeah. And, and Sydney where, where like clearly, clearly Sydney is close to those two and, and you don't want to be going after like someone who is an uh, accepted ally. Maybe if she was going after Nasir, who was a little bit on the outs, that would be more okay. But as a whole, probably just shouldn't have done it in the first place. Yeah. I mean, everything we saw, again, it was just very, you know, minimal. So take with a grain of salt. But everything we saw from Lubu pointed to Nasir over Erica as being the sure. possible first boot. And had they ended up losing the challenge just naturally without trying to throw it, that and Erica hadn't hadn't done what she did, it she very well might have been safe, and this could have been her downfall. And again, you just you don't unless you're super super confident in your alliances and relationships, you've got to be so careful when you start suggesting people to to vote out absolutely it she i mean i think it's one thing if if uh danny and deshaun are having that conversation they seem super close to each other but yep. eric erica not not quite the same yep and then so then deshaun and sydney fill in danny on, on that and how if they lose they want to vote out erica deshaun starts saying you know well would it be the worst thing if we were to lose suggest maybe even trying to throw the challenge um danny's a little hesitant Mostly because of the, so again, if you forgot, he's the former professional football player. So big time okay. athlete, hard to have someone in that position intentionally lose something. Mm -hmm. Now, granted to his credit, he did say he under, I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but he said he gets it that, that it maybe wouldn't be the worst thing if they were to lose to vote on Erica, but to intentionally lose, he wasn't sure if he could go through with it. And then we get a great quote from Sydney in here as well. Colin, I mean, this is Sydney talking about Sydney, saying mm -hmm. she's the threat of threats. She's savvy as hell. She's good looking and she's a physical threat. This is why she needs to stick around for as long as possible. For sure. I, I, you know, I, I for, for a little while when Eric was talking, I was like, oh gosh, like when she was talking to, Des to Deshaun, I was like, man, what if Deshaun agrees with her and they're, they're just going to get Sydney out first thing. That's, that's no good for anybody. We want Sydney to stay as long as possible. Um, yeah, Sydney is absolute gold. Hope she stays around the whole game. That'd be that'd be wonderful. I don't think see, she's gonna win. Something tells me. But. See, I I had zero doubt that Sydney was going home tonight, or I had zero doubt that she was gonna be safe tonight because in the preview or in the next time on, they showed that Deshaun Erica conversation mm -hmm. about Erica floating the idea of Sydney, and it felt like just such an obvious misdirect. Sure, that sure. It was gonna get turned around on Erica or on Nasir or in this case that Luva was going to win immunity. Um, but yeah, I agree. I don't know that she has a great chance to win, but if she can go far, we're going to be better off for it. Absolutely. Yep. I hope she's, hope she's here through the whole thing. It'd be awesome. So then we get into the immunity challenge without knowing whether or not Deshaun and Danny are going to throw the challenge. Now, when it started, what did you think, their decision was because obviously they'd come to the decision before it started but we found out later on but what did you think they were going to do i i was leaning towards that they were going to throw the challenge or or try to make try to and in, in is make it as not obvious as possible yeah um, i i felt the same mostly because when danny gave that little window into saying like he gets he gets it 
I thought that was me just enough to, to get him to do it. And then, um, th- this was such a fun way to do it. So, um, so we get mid challenge, we get a confessional from Danny and Deshaun, you know, separate, cha- separate confessionals yep. telling us that they decided they're going to throw the challenge. They narrate it through how the challenge was going. This was, this was awesome. This was so cool. Totally, totally agree. Um, something I, that I just thought of that you and Jared have talked about previously on the podcast is, you know, what would have been so awesome here. Imagine having a joint Danny Deshaun confessional where I was thinking the same thing, eking out over the fact that they, their team was, is just too good. And the other team sucks so bad that they, that they tried their best and they just could not lose. And, and all oh, that could have been awesome. I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, I know there's a time or two that I've forgotten. They had done it before Jenna and Heidi in the Amazon. And then in the just completed South African season, they had an episode, they had people tied together, won't get into it, but so they had a, a couple of joint confessionals there as well. It can work so well. This would have been a perfect time to do it. Now I know it might get a little tricky taking two people away from camp to do a confessional. Sure. It's for example, in the South African season, or episode everyone knew who like the pair was for that time so it made it made a lot a lot more sense yeah um so now it might have been a little more a little more difficult to do but that would have been a perfect time to do it um so there it's in it's in the water they're racing through the water collecting three bags of logs and got to push the logs or untie the untie the bags of logs to push them through a tunnel to find a key releases ring toss or rings to throw on target so danny and deshaun are basically just like walking through the water Trying to, trying to go as slow as possible. Um, and they still beat Yasa to the beach. Yasa just can't, can't get it done. So when they start, when they start untying the knots, this part, I lost it at this part. When Deshaun starts retying knots to allow Yasa to catch up, just I was hysterical, absolutely hysterical. It, it's so he's like, oh, I just hope no one's seeing me. I, I must have retied like three or four knots during that time. That's insane. That's it's it's so funny. Um, one uh, one thing I think I, I wanted to mention, I think that is before that is the the slow mo shot. And I know you guys have talked about the slow mo shots before. The slow mo shot of Nasir pushing through the thing over the narration was so was so funny. Like that was gold. Like, um, I'm just trying not to push it. And here's a like, oh. so, so Yes. Good. Yep. I'm typically not a fan of the slow-mo, but this was a it, perfect it use of it. That was hilarious. That that's just an inspired, some inspired editing right there. Absolutely. And then so then they get to the ring toss, and Deshaun starts off and he's just missing everywhere which you can you can tell he's doing it on purpose when you know he's doing it right he was doing a pretty good job of looking like he was just bad at it but like missing because yeah yeah. for form was way off and then and then finally nasir just forces his way and he goes oh let me do this now let me do this now and after you miss like 10 in a row you can't really say no i got this right right um because then you pulled and, in jd pretty much danny, and danny had like mentioned hey let me know when you want to switch like smart like yeah because then you can switch them it looks like danny's trying and he's gonna fail too but this year just busts in there yeah and then lands i think he landed his first one right he's he throws his first one just like perfect form looks like he's putting a disc golf putter out there just spins it right on there and and from that moment i was like oh you just know you know they're not losing this look look at this year go I, I, I agree. I felt like the way they kind of focused on this year, coming to the rescue and the blocks, getting in there on, on the, on the ring toss that he was probably going to do it. It did come down close. Um, so Yasa actually came from behind and won, um, finished first. And then Ua and Luvu both had two of the three rings. Then you hear JD call money. So you knew he was going to miss it. Awesome. I love, I love the awesome. money call. I lost it at the money call. And then the way it was edited, you know, who knows if it was actually Nasir makes the very next throw mm-hmm. and, and JD is, is the, the unintentional goat. Mm-hmm. And, and we get a confession from Shan who was 
not super pleased about that. Even saying you should have yelled tribal because that's where we're headed. That was good. That was good too. Oh, so, JD, so much fun. So he's, much. Fun. He's got so much energy. And what I, what I appreciate is that he was just unabashedly himself. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't holding back. You know, it, it definitely played a part probably in getting him voted out, but you got to respect that. Absolutely. You know, uh, yeah, that he just love JD. just went full JD and he was a lot of fun. Great personality, you know, great character for the few weeks that we had him. You know, once they start doing returning players from the later seasons, he's got to be yeah, he, a, he, a, he, an early call. He easily could be, and in, in it's impressive if he came back for having being on this season for so little time. Um, but yeah, I support it. So let me jump into the pre-tribal shenanigans, and this is kind of what we touched on briefly before, where Jeannie is talking to JD, and Jeannie's convinced it's going to be her. And she dis- she tells JD her plan that isn't really fully thought out. She wants to roll her die, her shot in the dark die, hope that it works, and then have JD vote Ricard. Um, but it's not taken into account the fact that Shan and Ricard could maybe split their vote to guard against that. And then, but the big thing that neither of them brought up which, which we had briefly, briefly mentioned, JD yeah. has an extra vote. There are, there are five people in the tribe. Ricard and Shan are together. JD and Jeannie, between them, have three votes. So if they wanted to, they could pile their three votes on likely Ricard. You know, Jeannie wanted Ricard out. JD and Ricardo for sure clashed. I think JD was definitely closer to Shan in both their both their minds. I'm I'm not sure. I'm I'm hoping this gets asked about in some of the um, interviews that'll be coming out in the next few days because they had a golden opportunity. They could have said right then and there, "I'm using my extra vote. We're voting Ricard. We're good." And because I don't think they would have had to necessarily risk Ricard playing the the shot in the dark. Not that they played it right. Right. They I mean, like R- Ricard and and Shan realize that this this could happen. Um but there's just nothing they could do about it. If if they wanted to do it, they could have done it. And I think like kind of back to what I was saying before uh, on Shan where Sh- Shan went big this episode. I th- I think the play of her convincing JD to give her the extra vote to hang on to for trust was, was pretty risky. I don't know. I I think a lot of people in JD's position would, would be like, no, there is no reason for this to, for you to be needing this. And like, you would like more likely than not, like she's, she wants to take that for herself. Like, like a second time I would be super suspicious and, and I think I think JD was maybe like coming off of last episode where he's trying to prove to Shannon Ricard that like, hey, I, I know I messed up and like like I'm with you and I, I'll do kind of whatever to prove it. And I think Shan capitalized on that and, and did a good job. But but man, like if that were someone else other than JD, I think I think a lot of people would have just voted out Shan, honestly, or or Ricard too. Um but see, yeah, my 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 thought there, because um, I agree that that wouldn't work on every player. Absolutely would not. Um, mm-hmm. But one, Shannon's good. Shannon's very good. Yeah. And she and JD are both very close to each other, it seemed like. So there's maybe a little more more trust between the two than there might otherwise have been. But I For think sure. I think one thing that definitely could have played a part is how young JD is. I think he's only 20 years old that I think this, he was maybe more susceptible to, I guess her manipulation. I don't know if I like that word, but you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Kind of of working him over that someone who's 25, 30, 40 years old, maybe wouldn't fall for that. But when you're only 20 years old, I think Shan's only 30, 31, that 10 years when it's, 20 to 30 that's a 
that's a big difference. That is, that is a big difference for sure. No, I, I totally agree. I, and like Jay, I don't think JD is a moron. I think he's just a little, yeah, just a little young, maybe a little naive and a little easier to, to make that move on him with, without worrying about what, what he might do about it. And so I think it was, well, Shan did a good job. She, she framed it in a good way and, and got her way and, and yeah, and it worked out really, really well. Now she has an extra vote. Um, do do the other two know that she did that? I'm not. I, I'm not totally. Ricard sure. does. Ricard does. Maybe not Jeannie. Yep. Okay. So, and I also think she she helped herself by opening with JD leaving it at camp mm-hmm. because I think ultimately she wanted to have it in her possession, but if. And when he says no to leaving it at camp, if she has it, then at least technically their alliance still has it at tribal council. Sure. Where they sure. could use it conceivably if they felt they needed to. That mm-hmm. she didn't say anything, but seeing what she's been able to able to do so far, I'm gonna assume that was intentional. Yeah. That she suggested that he leave it at camp, knowing he would say no to that. Sure. And then when you give them the theoretically lesser of the two evils option of having her hang on to it again, he'd be more, more inclined to accept that offer. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. I I agree with you. I think she probably did that intentionally. It's smart for her, but yeah. um, But then the, then the the question becomes, because up in, at least again, the way the story was shown to us before she had the vote, she was convinced she was going to be voting out Jeannie. Once mm-hmm. she gets the vote, then she starts to think, oh, well, maybe I could vote out JD now and take his extra vote. Mm-hmm. What do you think she should have done? It's that's tough. You know, I, I was debating it as I was as I was watching it unfold. Um, I think she should have voted out Jeannie. Um, I think she has that extra vote now. Good for her. But. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see a tribe a tribe swap sometime very soon. Just maybe maybe going to two tribes. Um, and I don't know that Genie's gonna be the most loyal to those two. I think if they vote out Genie, those those three could have been a really really tight three, and made some good moves together down the road. Um, I don't, I mean, I think she could pull Genie in. I don't think it's a huge mistake. Um, and she has an extra vote, so. I don't know. Either either way is fine, but I think I would have voted Genie out personally. I I agree um, for a lot of the same reasons, but also she, the way she can control JD, she basically had the extra vote anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they she could have used it to her liking. Most likely, the way things had gone so far, without having to vote him out to do so, mm-hmm. and. And I, like you said, with the swap, I mean, I, I'm assuming they'll do what they usually do and preview it for the next for the next episode. But if they were to swap next week, and if the three of them or two of the three end up on tribes together, mm-hmm. I think Jeannie's gone. Yeah, yeah. I think I sure. think she's gone right away. And if they lose again next week. I mean, I think they're in a hard spot anyway because Ricard and Shan are for sure the tightest of the two. Yep. But I think Shan or Ricard would have a harder time convincing Jeannie that they were with her than convincing JD that they were, that they were with him. It just yeah. gives gives each of them less outs. The other the other thing with that, because I mean, like we said, JD would be way more loyal than Jeannie is, and this has been mentioned a few other places as well, how often has the extra vote actually been used effectively or used to its full potential? Right. It's as an advantage, it's a nice thing to have in save for when you might actually can like, maybe it's a split or it's like a, like going into merge at six, six or something. And that's a great time to use it, but it, it seems rare that it actually is going to do anything. Um, I feel like, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. One of the more recent Australian survivor seasons, 
somebody tried to use the extra vote. Oh, it was, it's, it was this one in all stars and it did not go so well. It, it was, it was unnecessary thing to do. And, and it was a, it was a nice thing to have, but it ended up not mattering at all. That's one reason I like it as a, as a fan, the, not only, not only the extra vote, but the steal vote as well, mm-hmm. because on the surface, it feels, I, I think way stronger than it actually is. Yeah. Cause there are going to be very few in- instances where it's actually going to be the difference maker. Like you said, in, in a six, six split. Um, but um, like on, we were just saying for Yasa, Xander's extra vote could be meaningless. Mm-hmm. In if they were, if they were to lose um, in that, in their, with their current numbers. But right. when you, when you have it is, you know, extra vote or steal a vote, it sounds like a very feels good like, thing to yeah. have. feels so like it, a lot of power. It feels exactly. like more power than it is. It leads players into thinking they can be a little more reckless with their decisions, which mm-hmm. usually makes for better TV. So from our standpoint, I think it's great, but I think it gets overblown by the players on how valuable it actually is. Yeah. So, you know, watch next week. The extra vote will become super critical. And But yeah. what, what and I'm hoping it, it for... It could get played well. I don't know. could be What, could I'm, be what I'm hoping really well. for is that all these extra votes build up to the merge. And so there's just like one and a half times the normal votes. Everyone, no one knows what, no one knows what's happening. Everyone sure. who has an extra vote just plays it. Say it, say it's ten, we get like fifteen votes. Could be, it could be a wild, wild merge episode. If, um, if things, uh, if things, I mean, that's the other thing with the advantages. Um, let's make just qu- quick finish up this episode. Um, so mm-hmm. like we, like we said, JD's voted out. Shan and and Ricard um, flipped and. Do, do you think Jeannie knew? Yes, I think so. I, I think she had an, she had to have known. Because she probably I think, would vote for Ricard otherwise. I, I think she was going to roll the die and she was going to vote for Ricard. As soon as, yeah, as soon as it, I saw JD and then JD again, I was like, oh, she like, she knew they had to have convinced her. We just didn't, we didn't see it. Yeah. Um, the one thing that got me was, was her reaction. Initially, I thought it was like surprise. But then, I, sure. then I thought about it, and I thought, oh, it's probably just relief that what Ricard and Shan told her actually came through. You know, she did a good job in Tribal. If if she did have a decent idea that they were going to vote with her, she did a pretty good job acting like she was going home uh, throughout the whole Tribal. Um, very, That's very one of the things that I'm often so impressed with mm-hmm. is how people can play that off. Because when are you in a situation like that? in your everyday life where you need to lie in such a convincing way when every eye there is on you for the slightest hint of facetiousness and to play it off so perfectly. I'm always so impressed with that. It is. It's a, I mean, the only time I can think of is if we play some, some good old secret Hitler teams, but uh, that's, it's good training for survivor teams. Let that, let that uh, be motivation to play more secret Hitler. It sure is. (laughs) <laughs> better than mafia it's better than the mafia i'll say that way much. better way better um one thing i was going to say because we because there wasn't a lot that happened this episode in terms of like events to discuss um so i what i got a little extra time here um with the lack of advantages um of course now i forgot what i was going to say um one thing i'll jump in as well, you i think, think yeah shoot super super random thing i meant to mention earlier I love in the seven twice now. I love the Shan humming her like like scheming humming <laughs> to herself that that we have like actual music to over it. I I absolutely love that. I think that's a really cool production thing. Um, I'm I'm sure that's not the last we will hear of, of that humming. I sure hope not. And I I lost what I was going to say. Um, but so it couldn't have been that important. But sure. since we are a little shorter than normal, um, who, what are some, who are some of the characters you like maybe haven't discussed yet? Or who, who do you think is in a strong position? Who's your winner pick, I guess? Another good one? Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, that's a good segue. I have a lot to say about, about my winner pick. And, and I have a question for you on this. Um, my winner pick is Deshaun. Um, and I was, I was analyzing his choices and behavior this episode when he suggested the, the throwing the challenge, which I typically am a, not a fan of whatsoever. Um, 
And I was thinking about if it was a good move or not, if it hurts his position in the game. And, and so I guess before I get into what I think, what, what do you think about throwing challenges in general? What do you think about Deshaun's position and making that choice uh, this episode? So in general, I am against throwing challenges. Um, as we kind of talked about with Erica and her, her mindset earlier on, whatever you can do to avoid tribal council do it you know like we said you never know what is going to happen you never Mm -hmm. know what sort of twists the game might throw at you it's just safer if you can stay away now that being said survivor is a is a show and a game where you can never say never there are going to be moments where throwing a challenge might be the correct play um but in deshaun's case again just from what we saw I think he at least suggested it in a very smart way. He wasn't pushy. Mm-hmm. He he made his opinion on it very clear, but he, but he didn't. He wasn't he wasn't you know nagging about it. For sure. And and so if if you're nagging and you're pushing, even if Danny were to agree to it, he might turn back and say, "Oh, you know, we didn't like how Deshaun went about it. Maybe they should vote him out instead." But if you kind of suggest it lightly, let it sit for a little bit, then kind of let them make the final call, mm-hmm. then it's more of a group decision and it's less likely to blow back on you. It still could. Anything comes with the risk in that game, obviously, but it'd be less likely to to blow up in your face that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think um, while I loved watching this immunity challenge and watching them attempt to throw the challenge, I hope they reconsider and choose not to do it again the next week. Um, I think they would have been totally fine. I think Deshaun would have been totally fine. Like you said, he, he played it off very well. I think his social skills in general are very good. I think he's, he like, he does things in a way that he's playing the game, but not playing too hard. He's not putting any targets on his back. He's, he's someone I think people want to work with, um, which I think is going to get him pretty far in the game. Um, I have a, I have a prediction for where I think we're going in the next couple episodes here, teams. And I hope this happens. Okay. I think a tribe swap is coming, but I think it's going to be, uh, I think it, I could see this happening. I think if, if, uh, Luvu decides they do not want to lose the next immunity challenge, there is no way they lose the next immunity challenge. As Um, long as Heather can keep sitting out. Yep. Absolutely. I think the other two tribes have, have not been, subscribing to the keeping the strong players in on the tribe uh strategy for the most part um which is fun to watch because anyone can go home at any time and and i don't like i i think there should be some balance to this like you don't want to totally keep all the people who are not very good at the challenges on your tribe for the sake of team unity but you also don't want to just keep the strong people you want to keep people you can trust um but that being said, I, I'm going to predict this. I think we are going to see Yasa lose the next challenge. They will have to vote someone out, and we will be down to three, three, and six. And I think they're going to merge the three and the three against the six. And that's that's going to be the tribe swap, so to speak. You think it'll be an intentional that they put those three specifically together? Um, yep. I think I, I think it's possible. I could see them just mixing everyone up and, uh, and just throwing them all into two tribes, but, but I, I could see that. I don't know. I think it, I think just the way the numbers would work out, uh, maybe I think, I think they might do it. Um, I think, I don't a know tribe, if I want them to do it, but I think a tribe swap at six is, or I'm sorry, at 12, two, two tribes of six is probably a fairly safe bet. Although I wouldn't hate it if they, kept them separate until the merge you know they merge at you know nine or ten you know i was just i've been i'm so used to australian survivor and they're way larger numbers (laughs) that like it just occurred to me that after the next challenge we'll be at 12 which is like not that far from the merge which is which is crazy to think that this early we were getting kind of close to that yeah if they they merge at 12 that's only a nine-person jury for sure, Maybe for sure. Ten, I know they, that's they, they go back to panel two. Abs- absolutely, and and you know I, I kind of hope they they just 
there's no tribe swaps, like you said, and, and we just get that. And, and I mean, think of how powerful it would be if Luvu did not throw any challenges and they went into merge with six people or five people. Like that's, that's so strong if they can all get along throughout the whole thing. But I, I would say my just predicting in terms of, you know, the swaps and the merges and whatnot, I think, a, I think next week they're going to go through vote somebody out Then I do think they'll swap at 12. I think they'll do a, a traditional swap. Sure. Um, two, two tribes of six, do that for two votes and merge at 10. Then I'm hoping actually, no, I'm, that's what I think they'll do. They'll do mm-hmm. a merge at 10, seven person jury battle three. What I hope they do is swap at, at 12 merge at nine and a final two. That'd be cool. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind going back to a final two. I, I think uh, just mixing it up is fun. Um, I, I definitely prefer the final two. Um, I, I, I like just the, the A or B, this or that, you know, decision making where, you, you know, it's more the binary decision there, I think is a lot more interesting. Yeah. I, I, I think, but I that like would, the that would involve better. getting rid of the, fa- the final four fire making, which I doubt they will do, but sure. that'd be, they really want to drop the four, go back to one, get rid of that nonsense. But I think yeah, that's here to I, stay. I wouldn't mind if they dropped the fire making for at least a season. I like the three because I feel like it gives more of a chance for two good players to make it to the end where sometimes you get a final two where one, it's like very, very obvious who's going to win the game. Um, I say that, but I'm wrong all the time on who's <laughs> on who's going to actually win the game, uh, especially in these Australian survivor seasons, as we've talked a little bit about. Um, <clears throat> anyways, well, I could talk um, about that, you know, it's, it's worth mentioning again. I got Chris on the on the Aussie train. I've you know got on the soapbox for this for them before. If you haven't started, do it again. Seasons four, five, and six are on Paramount Plus. If you can get your hands on the first three, do it. But if you can't, just jump in. Four is all new players. I guess well, one returning player. Season five is is all stars. You'll miss some of the backstory, but don't worry about it. Season six just finished about a month or so ago. All new players, lots of fun, different game dynamics. Like Chris said, he's wrong on the guessing. They're, they're, what they value is so different too. Absolutely, that's part of why it's harder to predict who is going to win or or go farther. But yeah, Aussie, Aussie Survivor, South African Survivor, great stuff. It it I completely agree. I'm I'm so happy you got me into it. The, they do some things, dare I say, a lot better than American Survivor. Um, I wouldn't say American Survivor. I don't know. One is not better than the other in general, but there's a lot of really fun things in Australian Survivor. For when sure. you compare the three of them, like it was really funny watching. Because um, so South Africa and Australia, they were airing at the same time mm-hmm. and they felt like two completely different shows. Hmm. It was it was such a juxtaposition of okay. one to the other. It it barely felt like they were both playing Survivor, even though the bones of the game were the exact same. Sure, but when they're both they're both fantastic for completely different reasons, which is which was just awesome. Nice. I'm sure I'll get into South Africa as soon as, soon as I'm done with Australia. But uh... yeah, there there's one I won't I won't spoil what season or really what happens. But in one specific challenge. It's. I was reminded of it in this episode when Lou was trying to throw the challenge, and mm-hmm. unsuccessfully. There's one episode where two tribes are both trying to throw the same challenge, and it's it's absolute gold. It's hilarious. Awesome. It's ab- It's just pure gold. It's great stuff. I I'm actually I'm surprised that doesn't happen more. Um, I think there's a there. We're getting a little off topic here, but I think there's That's a, fine big time in a place to throw a challenge i think it's especially when you have just tribe swapped and if you win the challenge someone on your alliance on the other tribe is going home and if you lose the challenge you can vote out someone on the other alliance on your team um i'm surprised like that i feel like that's where we've seen it Mm -hmm. maybe if not even pulled off suggested the most yeah um and it's funny you mentioned that because in, in another season, 
one one tribe gets upset with their former tribe members for not throwing a challenge to save them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. When you get into the into that those kind of dynamics, it's it's so much fun. Um, who do you who do you like watching in this season? Not maybe not necessarily yeah. like who's who's playing the best. I think that's good, undoubtedly good Shan from what we've seen at least. Yeah, um, yeah. But just who who you who are you really enjoying seeing? Um Luvu is my favorite tribe so far. Um, I would say the Sydney, Deshaun, Danny alliance is my favorite trio of of the whole show. I think I, I think, think they're gonna I think they're going to stick together and just be a ton of fun throughout the whole thing. Um, I think, uh, I think Yasa's got some fun characters as well. I think, uh, I think Evie's kind of, Evie is kind of the, the Shan over there um, where she's, she's kind of leading things and has a, it seems to have a pretty good head on her shoulders of, mm-hmm. of how to play the game. Um, and, and Tiffany is, is as you and Jared said, a lot of fun. I think, if, if Tiffany makes it farther, I think she's going to last the entire game because she's going to be one of those people that like is like, why would I vote out Tiffany? She's not going to win the game. And, and that'd be great because she's going to be fun to watch throughout the whole season. Um, uh, let's see. I mean, I like like I like Leanna. I, she's one of my one, my picks on, on the fa- fantasy survivor to, to do well. Um, I like let's see who else do I like um ooh, I like Ua in general I think they're all just kind of solid they they're one of the more likable tribes like we saw tonight they all get along so well and they feel bad voting each other out um but I don't know Luvu is my favorite I think I think I, I hope they do lose it like not on purpose but they lose because I think I think they'll have some fun pre-tribal dynamics going on there yeah, especially because they're still at a full six. Yeah. That if it is just Deshaun, Danny, and Sydney, you know, that's only three three. Mm-hmm. Although I think yeah, Deshaun has an extra vote. Um, so he he could, if he felt necessary, use it. But but that's one thing I like about the the even number of tribes is that there's not necessarily an easy majority. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so that could be interesting when when they finally lose. If they if they lose, I could. Although if they only do go through one more episode before a swap, they might be be yeah. intact. I, and then it'd be I, very very interesting to see how the six of them might get split right. up in a swap. In, in the six of them, I don't think they would be solid. I think they're all itching to play the game, and like, I I think you could easily find cracks in there, and and. I, I'll predict this. Once they swap, someone from Luvu is going home. That's my prediction. Um, I think they'd be the clear targets because they'd be assumed if the six right. go to emerge, they're going to be six strong. That so the breakdown of how they get split up would be would be very interesting. If someone is mm-hmm. has has fewer than three together, you know, if it's two yeah. two two or four two, the people on the low end would be in big trouble. Sure, I even think. Like if four of them end up on the same tribe, I think two of them are gonna like use the other two members to vote out Erica or 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 not. I mean, or like maybe even Nasir. I yeah, I don't even I, know about. Uh, I think it might depend which, you know, which four it is. You know, if, if Sydney, Deshaun, yeah. and Danny, and then one other ended up together, they'd probably push for that that yeah, person. I think so. But but yeah, that that that'll make. The swap emerge whenever whenever it happens. I mean, assuming it's coming soon, Luvu is going to be con- conceivably pretty pretty strong. I would bet they'll be down one or two by the time we get to emerge. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if they if they make it through with with all six. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, I think that's gonna close the episode out. Unless you had any anything we didn't go over, anything else you wanna wanna get in here on episode four. Um, I don't think so. I think, I think we got everything in every, I said everything I want to say. Great All episode. Right. All right. Yes. I, I do believe this was for me the, the best of the season so far. And I'm guessing we'll go right back to some advantage nonsense next week, but it is a relief that to know that there probably will be more episodes like this in the future. There's one mm-hmm. now and how 
good the season can be when they let the season breathe a little bit. Absolutely. We can, we can only hope that we get a lot more of these. And I, I think we will. I, I bet like, especially when the merge happens, I think a lot of the nonsense will be, will it'll be free over. up a little bit. Yeah. I would agree. And I would hope so. Uh, but again, Chris, thanks for joining. This was a great, great fill in. We'll have mm-hmm. you back anytime. Got to get thanks the notes up me. and running again as well. Oh, for sure. Conversation for another time. Um, but if you're listening and have not subscribed, please do so. Great help. Great. Much appreciated for us and get the episodes automatically. So um, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen, you can find us there. Uh, if you can give us a, a rating and review, it'd be much appreciated. Pass it along to any other fans you might know who might like it. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Llama Talk Pod, on Instagram at Talking Llama Pod. For Chris Kuna this week, this is Matt Hambage, and we'll see you next time for another Scoop of the Crispy.